0: Amen. He is good all the time. Galatians chapter 4. Our theme this year for Advent has been the heart of Christmas. Galatians 4 verses 4 through 7. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, To redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, father. Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. How many sons do I hear today? Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Speak to our heart the only way you can. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You can be seated. What a privilege to gather together to worship on Christmas Eve. Over the last few weeks, Jeremy preached twice in a row. You could tell right away this morning when he came and he wasn't preaching. He wasn't wearing a suit and a tie, right? He was sick the first week, so I I took that week. But anyway, uh, we would talk about a lot of things uh, the past few weeks. And we've spent this time hopefully discovering that Jesus Christ is indeed the heart of Christmas. And as our video says, uh, declared a moment ago, so often we get caught up in the busyness of the season. We get caught up uh, in the parties and the decorations. And we forget and we miss that Jesus is the reason for the season. We miss that important part. And we we, we realize that from our series this year that Christ was born to give us the gift of hope, peace, the gift of joy, and the gift of love. Jesus came into our world to die for our sins. And we found that from week one, he offered hope, no matter what our circumstances are, because God is faithful. So we have hope. The second week, we look at the gift of peace, knowing that the sacrifice that Jesus made available to us has made us right with God, and now we can have peace with God. Thank God for peace. And last week, as Jeremy preached from John chapter 1, We learn that we can have joy no matter what our circumstances might be because God became flesh and now He dwells with us. He dwells with us. But I think today as we look at this last theme of Advent, a theme that sort of bubbles forth from the Word of God, And the theme of love holds all of this together. And at the heart of Christmas, now hear me, is the love that God has for each of us, for the whole world. And just at the right time, Jesus came into the world. He came in to free us From the crushing demands of the law. A law we can never keep perfectly. And what the Bible teaches us. That we can never be good enough. To earn salvation. And God knew that. And so he sent Jesus Christ. And Jesus lived a perfect life on our behalf. For you and I. And he did that because of love. Folks, God loves people so much, he wants everyone to be a part of his family. That includes you and that includes me. And so out of his love, he adopted us through the work of Jesus Christ. We are now the sons of God. Jesus is our brother and we are at rest in the love of the Father. You ever get a Christmas gift you was not sure how to respond to? Uh, this past week was my birthday. I hate birthdays. After 30 years of age, I found that they weren't happy anymore. But my uncle sent me a birthday card, he always does, and I sent him one. And so what I did, I took the card he sent me last year and the one he sent me this year, put them side by side, took a picture of it, and I texted to his wife, but he doesn't get texts, or he doesn't do texting. He sent me the same card two years in a row. And I know he didn't know it. Now, I like the card because that's why I saved it from last year. I thought it fit, it fit well. It was about Jesus feeding the five thousand, and people asking, "Was well, is this? Is this gluten free? Is this sugar free? You know, whatever." But you ever, you ever get a gift you, you didn't know what to say? Well, let me give you a, a list of eight things, okay? Help you out this year. Number eight. Well, well. Now there's a gift. Number nine. No, really. I didn't know there was a chia tie. Wow, it's clip-on too. Number six. You know, I've always wanted one of these. Jog my memory. What do you call it again? <laughs> Number five. You know what? I'm going to find a special place to put this. Number four. Boy, you don't see craftsmanship like that every day. Number three. And it's such an interesting color, too. Number two. You say that was the last one? Am I glad you snapped that baby up? Number one you shouldn't have. No really, I mean it. You really shouldn't have. Now I don't know where that came from. It's not my it's not original of me. But think about this. Today we're talking about a gift. We don't need to rehearse how we're going to respond. And that's the gift of love through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's the greatest gift that was ever given to us. God became flesh and he died for our sins. And it's this time of year, we call it Christmas, that we celebrate it, celebrate the coming of Christ into our world. Notice in our text in Galatians 4, number one, God's gift was right on time. When the fullness of time was come. When the fullness of time was come. Solomon, the unwise wise man, told us in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1, To everything there is a season, the time for every purpose under heaven. And that means that whatever God plans will happen when he says it will. I remember years ago, we didn't have a bulletin in our church. We didn't use bulletins. And I don't remember who made the decision, but we decided we are going to have bulletins. And right, of, right of people, right of, some people complain, well, what do you mean that bullet is? And I reminded them, our God is the God that plans. <laughs> Amen. God doesn't come off half cocked. God makes plans. But understand, my plans cannot be God's plans. I know this, God's plans always come to fruition. And they always happen right on time. And so Paul reminds us it was not until the fullness of time that Jesus Christ was born. And so I want you to realize the timing of the birth of Christ was not an accident. Jesus came exactly how God had planned from the foundation of the world. So what does it mean when the fullness of time has come? How does that truth apply to this season, the scenario of the birth of Christ? Was there a set time, a set plan for the arrival of the Christ child? To understand that, we can go way back to Genesis 3.15. The Bible said, God said in verse 15 of Genesis 3, I will put enmity between thee and the woman. And between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. I don't have time this morning to sort of exegete that passage, but I will tell you this. It's the first mention of a promise of Messiah in the Bible. When God made that proclamation, from that moment, the clock was set. It was going to happen, and and the world would wait for the one who would come to crush the devil's head, and my friend, he has come. Jesus Christ has come. So way back in Genesis, God had, a, had put in motion a plan. And when the time was right, God executed that plan. In fact, we could say when the right time Another thing that Paul points out in verse 4 from this right time, from this plan, was our position in God. Because of what Christ did, because he died for our sins, we are no longer, if you're born again, we are no longer outsiders. We are now the sons of a true and living God. Look at verse 6 and 7. Because ye are sons... God has sent forth of His Son, I'm sorry, the Spirit of His Son, into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Now, let me just make a statement here to clarify something. God says, We are a son of God. Please understand. That is important. Because in that society. Daughters or wives or women. Had no rights. They had no legal inheritance rights. Only a son inherited. So God is not trying to be chauvinistic here. The point is, doesn't matter who you are, if you're a child of God, you're now a son of God. You have received the right of inheritance. But not only that, we have been adopted into the family of God. Now hear me, folks. Notice our position. Now we're not outsiders, we're insiders. We are sons of God. And I will say daughters of God as well, but understand the technical reason for sons there. But here's the important thing. We're no longer on the outside looking in. But now, because God lives in us, we can cry out, Abba, Father. A term of endearment. So at the right time, not only did Jesus come, not only did he fulfill all the requirements of the law... But he also made our salvation possible. He redeemed us from our sins. That's why this message is so important. We have been redeemed and adopted. And thank God if you're born again, you are now a child of the king. You are a child of God. So why? Why? Was Jesus born when he was? Why? Now, first of all, we have to understand what it means by the fullness of time. And if you were here in Sunday, we found out a lot from Old Testament prophecy. Now, if we consider what the Bible's prophesied about the birth of Christ, we learn how he would be born. We learned where he would be born, and we also learned why he would be born. But what we're not told is where is 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 when he would be born. Look at the how, Isaiah seven fourteen. Therefore the Lord Himself shall give you a sign, behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name. Emmanuel, meaning what? God with us. Hallelujah. God with us. That's the how. Notice the where. Micah verse 5 verse 2. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. So we have the how, we have the where. Look at the why, Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 through 6. Surely, he has borne our griefs, he's carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, and with his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So, what's the why? You know what the why is? It's you. You know what the why is? It's me. He did all of this for you and I. And and the beauty of the birth of Christ is how God put together all these events. And he did it so his plan would be accomplished in the fullness of time. What a God. Now, I I can't say for sure, but you know, I know this for you a fact. It had been about 400 years since there was a prophet from Israel, in Israel. Isaiah said, I don't have this verse, Alan. If there be no vision, the people perish. And about 99% of the people take that verse out of context and, mis- and misunderstand it. He's not talking about having an idea or a vision. He's talking about a prophet. If you don't have somebody giving a vision from God, you're in trouble. And for 400 years, Israel had not had a prophet in their midst. And so I have to wonder, for sure, if they were still expecting the birth of the Messiah. It's possible their hope was fading away. It had been so long. But it was at that moment, that moment in history, after 400 silent years, God sent His Son to this world. The waiting was over. The silence was over. God is speaking now through His Son. So God takes the how, He takes the where, and in Galatians 4, he takes the wind and he ties it all together in the fullness of time. When the fullness of time, God sent forth his Son. Jesus came into a world where all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Jesus came into the world where the wages of sin is death. But thank God He offered a way out. He offered salvation. And Jesus said, be of good cheer because He said, I have overcome the world. And He wants us to know that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I want you to realize the greatest gift that God ever gave was His own Son. And he did it because he loved us. So when God sent his only son to be born into our world, it was a visible expression of God's unfailing, relentless love. He loved you that day. And the reason his love is the greatest gift of all, because his love meets the deepest need we have, and that's our sinful state. Jesus died for sinners. And the gift that God gave was a thoughtful gift. Because it in fact does meet our greatest need of salvation. The gift that God gave is a priceless gift. Because my friend, you cannot purchase it without the blood of Christ. The gift that God gave is a timeless gift because God's grace is never ending. And above all else the heart of Christmas is the love that God has for the world. And make sure you understand don't think for a moment that it was sorry Genesis chapter 3 before God came up with a plan. Folks, the plan of salvation was not an afterthought. The plan of salvation was from the foundation of the world. God always had a plan to save his people. And so this book, The Word of God, is a story of God's divine efforts and God's faithfulness to reverse What happened in chapter 3 of Genesis. The fall of mankind. Motivated by love. God. Executed. The greatest plan. In history. And oh my friend. It is the greatest plan. The fullness of time had come. It was the right moment. To send his son. To make a way that you and I can be restored to Jesus, to God. Now think about this. Because of his love for you and I, for the whole world, God was not contented to sit back and watch creation suffer forever. He went to great lengths to be with us. And to make you and I a part of Of his forever family. And to me the most amazing thing. Or one of the most amazing things about that. When Jesus came. He came to meet us where we are. John said he came to his own. And his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So he was born under the law of God, that he might redeem mankind from the regulation of the law. And when he did that, his perfect life met the requirements the law demanded. And I am so glad, so thankful, that where we fail, Jesus succeeds. So how did God best demonstrate His love? John 3.16 For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Let's stand together. story is told that someone once asked, How much does God love me? And the reply was to picture Jesus on the cross and see his arms open wide open. And I want you to know today that whosoever can come, the gift of love is the greatest gift of all. Jesus died because God loves us. And maybe you're listening online this morning. My prayer would be that you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Don't pretend to know Him. I mean know Him. To the point that your life has been changed. That you don't do the things you used to do. Not because you're earning salvation, but because you love Him as your Savior. The greatest gift of all is the gift of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we love you this morning. And we're so glad that You did send Your Son and You did die for our sins. And Father, we know there's no other name, no other name under heaven except the name of Jesus Christ whereby we might be saved. I pray, Lord, You'll speak to hearts today. And God, I pray that those of us who are children of God, we would share that love with our world. And I pray for those who are lost, God, draw them to your heart. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. My prayer is that you are.